your hands together for the late morning program with your host, Nam Ross. Okay, Hare Krishna. So we have the late morning program, episode 19, I believe it is, and we have Shamananda Prabhu here. Shamananda Prabhu, thank you so much for coming on. It's really an honor that you're here. Uh, you know, I've heard so much about you, and I've seen you in Chapati for a number of years. I never really got to know you as a person, and uh, I'm just so happy that you're here and you agreed to come on uh, the, the, the show. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you, Prabhu. Thank you. So, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about, I know you You were the, uh, are you one of the temple presidents yes. in Chaupati? Yes. Wonderful. How long have you done that for? I think uh, Maharaj began, uh, Adhanath Maharaj began this new system, which was a little bit of a irregularity. Right. Because many temples uh, have this system of just one president. Right. So... When I came to the temple for the first time in 88, there was one president and then uh, he got a little bit burned out by the stress. Right. Then the next one came, he also complained about the same situation. And that time I remember Maharaj saying that if we have another one, mm. maybe in a few years time we'll have the same thing. So he said, I'm proposing a new system, a board of temple presidents. Okay. So four of us were kind of inducted right and uh, can I share some funny things which he told me at the please point? oh yes I'd love to hear that so he said uh, one of the major benefits of being a president Shamananda is that you cannot complain about the mess because you could be responsible <laughs> for it in the first place right and the second benefit is you will understand how difficult it is to manage guys like you wow <laughs> So, to be fair enough, uh, there are devotees who are like long-standing temple presidents, who are like the pillars of their temple and the community. Yes. So, we were not given that kind of a mandate or that kind of requirement. Yeah. So, he said that I have uh, Grihastas like Krishna Chandra Prabhu, Rishikesh Mafatlal. Right. And uh, he was the one who kind of supported the temple right from the beginning, Srinathji Prabhu. Right. So these two and then many others. So they were taking full responsibility for the financial upkeep and everything else. Wow. So we were told that you just manage the Brahmacharya Ashram. I see. So you are not responsible for each and everything happening in the community. Interesting. If you just keep the ashram in a particular state of mind. Right. And... Uh, Maybe I'll share that later as to what exactly he had that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So so that's how we began. And uh, somehow, Bharata Gopinath Samarsi is still continuing. Amazing. Amazing. I'd love to hear more about that. But let's start with your... Um, so where did you... Where were you raised? Uh, and were you... And how did you come in contact with, uh, you know, spirituality, Krishna consciousness? Yeah. So Mumbai is uh, one of the major cities of India. I was born and brought up in Mumbai Okay. in a middle-class sort of family. I was the only child, no brothers and sisters. Okay. So kind of spoiled rotten by <laughs> my parents as well as my grandparents. Mm. And uh, so no complaints, had a very happy childhood and uh, not interested at all in anything spiritual 
or what to speak of like joining some mission or something mm-hmm. so that was never a part of my agenda mm-hmm. but uh, somehow after my uh, graduation and then post graduation i stumbled across uh, this temple and uh, juhu everybody in mumbai knows hari krishna means the juhu temple right so in my college in my mba class when friends said that you know there is a new temple which has come up so i said uh, hari krishna he said yeah in south mumbai and he said yes i said no way they are in juhu beach right he said no this is one new temple which has come up so they had a two day seminar called manager manage your mind at the temple at the temple okay. and this was the first foray into youth program youth contacting the youth so maharaj was one speaker and two three others and one professor from a very prestigious institute called the tata institute of fundamental research so i don't know why i just uh, and it was only 25 rupees for two days 25 rupees means i didn't it's hardly 50 cents or something hmm. yeah so even less than that so it was quite affordable two times uh, snacks and refreshments and lunch mm-hmm. and two full days so i signed up wow it's pretty good so that's how the whole journey began wow amazing so you you came in contact with them and and what year was that this was july 18th 1988 88 wow yeah and that was the day on which radha gopinath was installed on that day on that day yeah so there was a program for us and uh, the temple um, like uh, how we bhakti center we have the partition yeah so the hall was partitioned and uh, we were in the second half mm-hmm. and in the first half we there were so many devotees making flower garlands and and they said would you like to stay back we have a very interesting program in the evening and i said no nah, i don't want to do anything with religion <laughs> <laughs> and then you know 20 30 years later you'd become the temple president of that temple <laughs> amazing wow and then and then you so so you didn't stay no not 20 years later this was 88 So right. then I finished my graduation. Right. I worked exactly in the corporate world for one year. Okay. And June first, nineteen ninety, I joined up. So two years later, you joined. Yeah, yeah. Wow, amazing. So two. Oh my gosh. Wow. So so you had done your MBA and and you worked for a year. That was that's the uh, that's like a requirement. No. No. Since I I wanted a regular job in the corporate world. Oh right. Okay. I got one. Yes. But then I also was uh, involved in the temple activities. Yes. So the first uh, Bhagavad Gita seminar series, like a three-day seminar, I was the students in the first batch, mm-hmm. and then they said, "Hey, you know, we need volunteers to help us in the for the second program." Mm-hmm. So I started volunteering for that, and then it's uh, then I told my parents that uh, I am a big-time volunteer here. I need to stay in the temple for seven days. So very grudgingly they allowed. Oh my gosh! Yeah. But then. that kind of paved the foundation i came in touch with devotees so govind prabhu radha gopinath prabhu sanat kumar prabhu right i think it i i still don't feel that uh, i am also i was a philosopher of any sorts or interested mm-hmm. in finding the answers to the big questions in life it was just a friendship with these wonderful devotees that was the major factor that i said if you get to live with people like these right that's that's good enough wow amazing and they're still your friends to this yes, day yes amazing yes. what a long long time friendship i like to also discuss that as well so many things to discuss oh my gosh i don't even know where to start uh so then okay so you joined and then what was your parents reaction when you like 
fully joined well coming from a typical indian maharashtrian family and uh, the only child so my my father whom i lost in 2003 mm-hmm. and my mother is still there mm-hmm. so my father was in was never a sentimental kind of person and he would always uh, he trained me up like that so when i told him that the, the aim of my life is now to become a monk mm-hmm. and he said why so i said well i am also trying to discover what exactly is it uh, what is it it is so he said is it is it as it anything to do with uh, we not giving you enough love or something <laughs> and uh, for the first time i saw him teary eyed he never would show any emotions wow so i said hey wait a minute did anyone accuse you of that so initially he was just trying to beat from the bush i said wait a minute i tell everyone i had the greatest childhood anyone could ever hope for right you were the most loving parents and uh, there is no question that you didn't love me mm-hmm. so that kind of gave him some solace that okay he's not accusing us that we didn't love him properly right and then i said uh, would you mind coming over and talking to the head monk there mm-hmm. so he said yes so he came and uh, radhanand maharaj was very gracious and he said uh, you know i'll be very happy if he goes back with you right now stays there follows the principles of bhakti which is becoming a devotee of krishna and serving others and serving krishna right i have absolutely no issues with that i have he has my full blessings and my father's face lit up he said like hey hey you heard he's giving you permission <laughs> and then mara said and if he wants to stay here right and do service then i think you should give your blessings so you were like ha huh, no <laughs> <laughs> so initially he had this feeling that my son is an idiot hmm. he doesn't know what he's walked into right and he used to tell me that remember all those hobbies you had stamps collection or some other collection and after 2 3 years that within that period you would be having that euphoria that this is it i'm going to live with this throughout my life <laughs> stamp collection i used to collect stamps too and one day hey you're trashing everything say so, yeah i don't like them anymore <laughs> so he said i think this hari krishna also will right go through the same route and uh, so my son has no sense but he's with very good people mhm so he met devamrit prabhu knows now bhakti rasamrit maharaj right radhanath maharaj so i think that uh, over the years when i saw some parents saying that oh my son is a lovely person is a genius but then these fellows have kind of taken control of his mind mm. that's a very strange situation right this is much safer that uh, which parent would immediately say that oh my son is a very great soul or whatever they have seen you through all they know you through and through so this was much safer for me that my son is a fool but he's with great people right wow that's really nice so so when did you become so w- when you joined you were just a brahmachari doing service and then when did it start where you where you took on some leadership roles and uh, other kind of maybe managerial roles so 1990 from june i started serving initially it was just some food for life program just cook khichdi and halwa right and then uh, at the time our 
those team of doctors have you heard of the bhaktivedanta hospital yes yes yeah. so the seed of that particular project was somehow we got these talented doctors mm-hmm. who had finished their medical course or were about to finish and they were saying what do we do should we just take outside jobs or uh, is there anything where we can come together mm. and do something for prabhupada right so seeing that particular seed maharaj encouraged them and then uh, krishna chandra prabhu he gave them a van so the mobile van was like we would go to some place these doctors would do their business and myself and govind prabhu i would cook and we would uh, chant tell some stories to the kids over there distribute halwa and khichdi and come back oh wow so that's how it began aha uh-huh, nice and then later of course they got a two bedded clinic and then it became four and then later this uh, big hospital project so along with them that was my formative brahmachari years where you just had to buy some flowers make some garlands and uh, cook for the food for life program it was in 94 when as i said we we had two temple presidents complaining about the same thing too much of burden too mm. much of stress burnout so then this uh, four presidential member board was instituted so so say from 94 onwards right that, that uh, responsibility began amazing well it's a long time um so you know a lot of devotees i remember as a kid growing up chaupati was seen as the is exemplary temple and and uh i and i've been there i stayed there for one month uh in 2006 i believe it was or was with uh one of the devotees from england they were doing a sabbatical uh, yeah okay, okay yeah yeah so i, I was uh, tagging along with them and i and i you know i got to see the temple and it's so very amazing but you've seen the temple grow from what it was with small very little amount of devotees now to what it is you know brahmacharis just everywhere and going to different places as well so uh, tell me a little bit about uh your experience um with managing such a temple like we, from our viewers our viewers are devotees mostly from north america and europe where temples are 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 struggling you know mostly like we were talking about uh, struggling temples and and temple presidents is not it's it's a it's such a difficult job to be a temple president i mean you know as well but uh maybe you can just shed some light on your experiences of of being a temple president and just being in that community that we all know but maybe from a different angle perhaps yeah okay so right from the beginning in our discussions and uh, we would ask paraj what's his vision for the ashram as well as for the grihastha community he would be very strong on few core principles yeah please share I, that yeah I'll, i'll just share them one by one sure he said let's talk with the ashram so he said we want people who aspire for pure devotional service only not pure devotees that's a big distinction right you 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 want to aspire for purity in your service so then we should do everything to help them learn shastra stay that kind of life and uh, and try to become exemplary members so number 1 we will not tolerate any politics in the ashram if you want that want to do that the outside world is a great place to do that <laughs> but here it should not be 
secondly no criticism of the grihastha ashram from the vyasasan hmm like if brahmacharya is giving class and if you find a purport where it could be properly saying it's very difficult or it's like this so stay true to the purport but don't criticize the ashram as a ashram right and uh, you should have a full 360 degree picture of what proper has said because he has said so many things mm-hmm. thirdly no criticism of women as a class allowed from the brahmacharya ashram mm is that it is simply a no non negotiable anyone doing that and we have to tell them that sir you are a great devotee you can maybe profitably use some other ashrams but this is not the place for you wow so is it you have to be you have to be that strict so no criticism of griyastas no criticism of women no politics and then uh, at the same time now adikeshwar prabhu and madhavanand prabhu adik madhavanand prabhu is the director of the hospital so although they are senior to me they treat me like a friend so that their greatness they shared that during those formative years right from the beginning of the 90s in the grihastha meeting he would tell them that unless you support them your life is incomplete hmm so in a very <laughs> nice way he told us that you have to be a support system for the grihasthas and they and the grihasthas we told that you have to take care of them there is a very amusing anecdote can i share please please so sanat kumar prabhu he is the manager of our yatra you must have seen him short in stature slim looking but fully in command control right <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he is that kind of a strong personality and a very good manager so he was managing the kitchen and one day he said hey prabhus why don't we serve we just serve puris which are like easy to make but they are always soggy and having some not cooked properly or whatever right so let us serve the f- congregation chapatis for sunday feast so that time about 6 to 800 people would come oh my gosh so he rallied everyone so we had 25 rolling pins or 25 rolling tables and yeah. we were all making chapatis and uh, the norm was every saturday morning maharaj would give class sunday morning you would give bhagavatam class sunday afternoon he would give the sunday feast class so the weekend was like a power packed nourishing thing for many many years it was like that that particular sunday maharaj sat on the vyasasan started giving his class and said where are the brahmacharis mm-hmm. and uh, somebody said we don't know so he sent uh, one someone to find out so we were just about to finish the last batch of our chapatis we thought people would take at least two or three so you have to make at least 2000 oh my god <laughs> yeah so we began early and we thought we would be ready before the lecture begins but we overshot by half an hour or something like that so this devotee came and said maharaj is furious he says where are you so i said you tell him that we are serving the grihasthas and uh, that's why we were kept here so he finished the class and then he called to three of us and said what's this so with that pride our heart swelling just swelling we said maharaj we decided to increase our service to the sunday feast crowd by giving them chapati instead of puris he was not impressed <laughs> he says don't you realize this one major festival 
this is my vision this should be an event where the ashram devotees and the congregation devotees they both come together sing and dance as servants of the servants of radha gopinath hmm he should see the whole community that means ashram devotees as well as congregation devotees dance and sing together right so that time i realized this is that vision hmm that coming together so although we tried to enhance our service it was it didn't go well right <laughs> <laughs> right right so so then so then as you um <clears throat> then uh so what else can you share regarding the community that was built uh from what it was to what it is now how did it how did it kind of happen and it didn't happen you know by itself there was like some kind of vi- like you said you're talking about a vision you're talking about i think sometimes we lack vision to be honest uh we don't think so forward we're kind of thinking in the next how to how to just maintain ourselves in the next few years and you know make sure their devotees stick around and i mean i'm sure you've seen devotees come and go hundred you know hundreds of devotees come and go and just ha- you know retaining devotees and keeping devotees happy and maybe what we were talking about counselor system and some maybe share some like something like that okay gladly i'll do that <clears throat> so with the number of devotees in the ashram uh, kind of regularly trained in this kind of etiquette i don't think we need to find faults with other places where this may not exist sure it yeah. is just the way in which the leader kind of puts priorities in place right that these are this is okay and this is not okay and that's it right so so this is how uh, the the brahmacharis and the grihasthas started cooperating initially uh, like i learned it very late that uh, maharaj told the grihasthas that when i'm here in chopati every evening i should have a program large small whatever mm. so these small satsang programs they became the focal point for the grihasthas to come almost everything in the temple would be geared towards how this will facilitate more and more grihasthas coming so i'm sure some some festivals the abhishek has to be in the afternoon that's mm. the traditional way mm. and uh, we used to say no we'll do it in the evening we'll have a major festival in the evening because that's when our families can come exactly right so say for a period of 20 years or more these families started looking at the temple festival as the nucleus of their spiritual life that i need to come here and uh, that investment that time energy which they gave that's the foundation hmm. and uh, so many so many times i have visited other temples also attend the national council meetings and then like just exchanging notes with other fellow presidents and said uh, somebody would say i have this problem i have this problem or this problem and i would say oh i never am exposed to these problems right they are all taken care of by like some unmarried girls and they are looking for a match i was least bothered with that right we need a van like give a small example the first time i remember i told the finance committee that uh, prabhus we need a small bus hmm. and they said okay we'll get back to you and then maharaj was not there he would be in the west those 3 4 months and uh, then the next meeting they said could you wait for 6 months because uh, we are just trying to 
tie up some loose ends and by the next uh, by the six months period we will be ready with the finances so maharaj came and he asked for a report and we said we are going to get a bus and uh, we are just told to wait for six months and they will buy it he said do you realize your fortune in most places if you want a bus go out and collect and that's it <laughs> so <clears throat> he said i don't want the brahmacharis to feel that they have contributed financially to even a square inch of radha gopinath temple wow because then they feel we have done it it's also ours right this is known all your life you should feel that that gratitude that these people who are actually supposed to earn money they are dovetailing their propensities in krishna service and they are they have given us this facility wow so that was another important understanding that this this cooperation is a must and mm. we have so many examples uh from vedic history but to see it applied in a modern setup that was actually exciting right so that has that has kind of remained that everything uh is based on the cooperation of the two ashramas that's what is the foundation of that community wow so the so the so all the financial uh things are 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 managed by the grahasthas there is a finance committee right. they may add members they may change the setup but it's entirely up to them amazing yeah that gives time for devotees like yourself to um develop the spiritual side of the of the ashram and of the community as well i'm sure right um so when did we when did you kind of institute the councilor system or maybe we could discuss the council system what is it and okay. how did when it started yeah so uh, just to add one sentence to what i was trying to say sure. so, so when the finance committee tells the brahmacharis that prabhus we don't have money for this right we know we trust them it's not a question of they are winging it or they are trying to hide something or they yes. when they say we don't we know they have tried their best yes. and somehow it's simply not possible now and we said any idea when it could be so we'll let you know and that's it that trust has to be there yeah that's that's so important if it's not then someone could be like oh they're because they don't like me as a person they're just saying oh we can't right now but, uh, but in the back they're saying you know it's cuz i don't like him that's why i'm not but that's that's amazing that's great that trust is so important and it takes time to develop that so regarding the councilor system it's like this happens anywhere in the world somebody comes for a rath yatra or somebody comes for a janmashtami festival right and they get wowed by the the pageantry the festivity the worship the prasad the music song dance food everything so the first realization is that like if you at your age let's say you are introduced to a krishna conscious program right now and you come across someone like yourself a professional working in manhattan and having a family and two kids you may say hey if he can do it there is hope for me also right so similarly people meet someone like them in a big festive atmosphere and one fear is allayed one box is ticked like these are not weird people right <laughs> yeah they are i met someone like me so that is that takes care of one like one box is ticked the other box which i feel important is 
how do i get space for my personal improvement can i disclose my heart to someone what where do i which is the program where i can have a one on one connect yeah so our our sunday feast classes the festival classes they would again and again repeat that come come with your family come regularly come at least once a month twice a month all weeks of the month uh, i mean all sundays the counselor program which was a private program maybe with five or six families and that gave people the the space to have a one on one conversation like somebody could go to uh, okay we husband wife we have this kind of issue and you you are talking to somebody who is say 15 years senior or 5 years or 8 years whatever then they get that nourishment mm. so this was the aim for this counselor program wow and uh, of late like after some years we now we had boys whom we would uh, kind of train up in a college program and then they would get married so once they get married then no more they are counselees of a brahmachari right then it has to kind of transit to a grihastha counselor mm-hmm. but as human relations go we still maintain that friendship of course so now this family has the benefit of the brahmachari preacher who has helped them and also a grihastha so it, so the, so, the, so the care model kind of has expanded right so so that is that that is a new development but right now iskon has a ministry called devotee care we didn't know what devotee care whatever it was right but we were just thinking that let people come together simple have some prasad for initially 3 4 years there would be a griha there is a counselor meeting every month and many times the question would be what do we do <laughs> so and maharaj didn't have any kind of a strategical analysis of what this is just just discuss krishna just discuss what happened in the last festival or some bhagavatam class or whatever and uh, for the counselors meeting the brahmachari leaders would also be required to attend so they should know what issues are being discussed mm. so that was the time when the entire leadership would be together in fact if 89 or 90 was the year in which the counselor system was kind of instituted it stopped at least 10 times it stopped <laughs> really <laughs> oh my gosh i did that means when maharaj was there it would be all hunky dory yeah go go nice yes. festival yes and then he would leave 6 months he would stay in the west and then it would fizzle out oh my god interesting so so the first at least 2 3 years he would come and say so how many of you had regular council meetings <laughs> <laughs> why and there would be some excuse or i was out of station or there was this festival or this or that right so it was like a those you know indian jalopy vehicles where we call in india dhakka start that right. means you you push it push it to start <laughs> <laughs> stop yeah so again you have to push it so relentlessly with unflagging enthusiasm he just kept on encouraging them yeah and uh, like another interesting point some of the counselors were young and they said yeah we would have a nectar of instruction class and an nectar of devotion class and some had 
their constituent population was all above 60 and they said oh we should have shastra exams and they said exams now <laughs> at this age <laughs> so so we began with a template program for all groups mm. and very soon we realized it's not working so then in one particular meeting the, the thing came to your counselors decide what is counseling your counselees decide what is counseling in the sense right. somebody wants just want bhaktun thakur's bhajans right so one said yeah go and sing no problem <laughs> so because this kind of coming together it's like they call in mechanical engineering calibration of the machine mm. so it takes time for that calibration right you can't just say i'm your counselor trust me tell me your issues it doesn't happen like that no so so some would have kirtan, some would have bhajan, some would have some katha. So that's how it kind of evolved. And now there are some counselors who have taken 15, 18 years plus of counseling and they feel that uh, we don't need that anymore. Hmm. I don't need to be told which are the 12 places to put on a tilak or how to tie your dhoti or this or that. Right. So the latest thing that has been last year. Maharaj gave another beautiful insight. He said, training has a shelf life. Caring is for life. Mm. Wow. So, don't expect someone to come again and again just to you for training purposes, whether it's Shastra, music, cooking, dance, whatever. Yeah. And they may choose not to come to your program. So, sometimes it's human nature. Right. You feel... Hey, you know, I helped him in his formative years and now he's not even ectologic. Yeah. So he said, no, no, no. Your duty is just to help them go from where they are to a higher place. And if they don't come back for training, be happy. Hmm. It's not a question that uh, like the birds have their wings fully developed. They will yeah. fly off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <right. laughs> but caring for them in case something happens, you are there. That should remain for life. Hmm. Wow, that's very, so. Now, how, do you know the number of how many counselors and counselees there are? We had about forty, and then we added about forty more. So it's something like eighty families. And Radha Gopinath Prabhu, he is the one who has uh, guided the congregation development department for the last since its inception. So he developed a plan that. The counselors also need some assistance. Right. So a new tier was made called the mentors. So counselors would be for those who are regularly chanting section rounds and maybe being initiated or very serious practitioners. Mm -hmm. What about those who have uh, enrolled fairly recently? So then they would join the mentorship program. So a mentor also is somebody who is trained up, right. maybe not as trained as a counselor. So the mentor also gets his counseling. And the mentor also gives a little bit of counseling to the mentees. Mm -hmm. So that second tier has developed now. Wow. That's amazing. So um, throughout all these years, what has kept you going in your service as the temple president? And what has kept you from being like, I'm sure there's been times where it's like, this is too difficult. Uh, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't feel like doing this or just what kept you strong? You know, uh, that's uh, that's really interesting to me because for someone who's what interests me in devotees are who have consistency throughout so many years of doing something. They develop some kind of real deep strength and uh, wisdom. 
So share with us kind of what you, um, what kept you going. Okay. Before that, uh, yeah. you want water? No, I'm okay. I, I, I want water. Can I have a glass? Thanks. So, initially, we said, okay, there are four presidents. That means uh, three months each. Okay. So, if there is something which comes up within my three months period, I'm confessing before the Assembly of Vaishnavas, <laughs> I would simply not touch it. And after a week, if it comes in the last week, if I don't do anything, it becomes okay. somebody else's problem. Right. You understand? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So, we just uh, did the best presidency by being inactive presidents. And uh, the first Janmashtami, hey, there are no coconuts here, no flowers here. What's that, what about the decoration? What about this stall? And uh, Krishna Chandra Prabhu told Maharaj, very bad management. And Maharaj said, why? He said, these four guys, I'm asking them and they're just kind of passing the buck. Right. It's always, uh, <laughs> don't ask me, ask him. Right. Don't ask me, ask him, ask him, ask him. And then print in circles. So he called all four of us and said, look. What's the purpose beyond having four? So that you share the burden. Yeah. If anybody would have said anything, I would not have taken seriously. But someone like Krishna Chandra, he looks at you as his own children. Mm. So you have disappointed him. Fair and square. Mm. So we had one of our emergency sessions and said, wow, we will never let this happen again. Mm. So we, I remember we went collectively and said, sorry Prabhu. It was more like all four of us were not interested in being the doer, as they say, but it ended up having nothing being done. Yeah. <laughs> so he said, look, I, I didn't mean to criticize. I'm sorry if Maharaj has taken a task or something, but I just want that simple things which were part of our Janmashtami program, they should, those functions should just happen. That's all. Yeah. So I think it was a blessing in disguise and it's good that he pulled out ears and he complained to Maharaj and Maharaj gave us the clear picture. After that, thankfully, it didn't happen like that. So, number one, we were not managing the whole community. It was just the ashram, yes. temple affairs. There are uh, there are departments where there is a lot of interaction with the Grihasas, for example, the DT department or the kitchen. So, for that function only, we would interact. Otherwise, we fairly had just a small ashram as our responsibility. Mm. Somewhere around 2002 or something, there was a big explosion in the growth of the ashram. So, like when I joined, there were seven or eight brahmacharis, then became 12, 24, 36, 58, 78, 102. So, <laughs> oh <my gosh>, wow. <laughs> so, especially in the, the first uh, years of the new millennium, 21st century. So, that time, we could, we did exercise, we identified those brahmacharis who are manager type. Right. And uh, so, like there was some creaking sound coming from the machine and then Maharaj said, okay, I think we need to have a new vision for how to manage the temple. So, he said, let us have one set of leaders who give spiritual vision, who are not the go-getters, like the dirty hands and do management stuff yeah and let's have somebody who is not so much into the visionary thing but is interested in management so that is still working so there is a council of managers mm. so they are the ones who know how things are to be done right. we don't interfere with them 
festival there is a fire brigade permission required police permission required or there is a crowd control thing required so yeah. they do everything so since 2001 or 2002 because we shared those responsibilities so that is going on nicely so i think once uh, mara said you know you four of you you're not good managers just accept the fact <laughs> and i was like oh so you're not good managers but there is one thing i've seen you don't fight right so he said at least keep that up <laughs> <laughs> wow and you're all fr- you're all friends and peers yeah, yeah yeah that's amazing now our still we are orange and apples it's not like one person is exactly like the other of course we have different mindsets we have different priorities sevas are different everything different yeah but somehow somehow it clicked so that that is i would i would give credit to that particular thing that but uh, they didn't expect big time management from us like a expansion or fundraising or something mm. so it was more like in a maintenance mode and armed with the clear cut principles of how the ashram should be run and uh, what should we expect from grihasas what kind of friendship we should give them mm. so that is that has more to do with this consistency rather than any special management acumen or something which i am sure i don't have <laughs> um i think so you so now you visit america during the summers so what has been your kind of observation of iskon in america and um maybe how so first of all maybe you can say why have you been visiting america like what's the not that why are you here or anything but like you what's the what what's your service here or what are you uh, hoping to do in america when i heard that uh, the bhakti center has come up yes. and uh, it's in manhattan it is like 22nd avenue and we are 25 first avenue is just right. next street so manhattan or especially the 55th street temple was something which prabhupad was so proud of yeah i heard someone say that he said if i leave then make me a samadhi up there yeah so the way propad gave importance to the mumbai project like he was in nairobi and someone said your bricks are being stolen and while in class he was disturbed and somebody said why are you so disturbed he says they're stealing my building material from mumbai so the mumbai radha rasbihari juhu project was very important because he said if this happens here it will spread to all of india i think if not similar but if if not more but similar importance propad gave to new york that this is the most important city right that is the logical aspect emotional aspect propas said i am deeply grateful to america to new york for giving me shelter here hmm. and uh, so so this i see as the heart of our founder acharya and uh, now that nothing happens about his project nothing happens about his mission over there so the bhakti center is trying to do something so that was my first motivation right to serve prabhupad there mm. and then of course over the years uh, interacting with uh, leaders from north america and then the huge uh, exodus of indian professionals going and settling in america right and then becoming supporters of the uh, mission prabhupad here 
then you understand what is the situation what, what exactly is iskon north america going through yeah so i thought that i didn't visit the juhu temple but then i know that this was built on the hard efforts of the book distributors who could be like this is one masterful thing which propad did and i later checked in a history book that uh, army leaders who would tell the common soldier that your contribution is very valid and i'm thankful for it and i could see that propad saying if somebody sells one book and at 5 cents buys me a brick for mayapur development i was thinking oh just see a simple distributor who had distributed one book and he feels i'm contributing to mayapur mm. so <laughs> so 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 my my first happy days in krishna consciousness were due to the blood sweat toil tears of devotees who did so many things here in north america mm. all over the world also but primarily here right i thought uh, at this stage of my life i should pay off a little bit of the debt wow wonderful not so much but little bit so whatever i have learned if i can contribute here and i i could see that uh, as we mentioned that previously harinams were big book distributions was big mm. airport sankirtan was big so should we just uh, rest on our laurels that this is how things were big and now what do we do propad the airport they're not allowed is there yeah so there could be 20 letters of propad saying airport sankirtan should go on and, and you have my blessings and did did you do so many things this world is called jagat it always changes mm. so we cannot complain to propad that unless you bring us the situation of the 60s we can't uh, have iskon grow here no there are letters with propad said tax your brains mm. so this is one thing which sometimes makes my blood boil for a good reason that is we say propad is nirvishesh shunyavadi so that means all those who are nirvishesh and all shunyavadis you know who i mean so they were called the you know well, we have blasted them from the market there is no way they can compete with us mm. the situation changed what the meditation groups or the uh, buddhist groups or whatever what they have now now correct me if i'm wrong i'm just basing things on my observation they have a simple harmless looking office or some simple space in downtown high street whichever big city they give a taster meditation course seminar something something which may relate to your work life now yes and it's free and they have no overheads there are no dts there are no brahmanas pujaris nothing no maintenance practically yeah and then they have upstate new york or some resort about 110 kilometers away from the city they have a meditation center a retreat and you go there uh, go there on fridays come back on sunday evening it's 595 dollars 395 dollars yeah and i said hey <laughs> this is how these people are promising something like somebody in the street going back to godhead may not be his priority right now right but saving the ecology could be yeah living a ecological conscious life could be being mindful in his eating habits mindful in his work life getting a little bit of little bit of less stress that could be yeah so our way of presentation is still what we got success 
four decades ago but now it's just that the game has changed hmm. it is it is something like we were exported windows 95 <laughs> but now it is windows 10 right so it's basically the same software architecture but we need, we need to upgrade yeah so festivities or uh, communication or friendship these are things which are not affected by time but then we are not getting access to today's people because of the way in which our structure has become like in india still preachers can come and say okay we will have a three days seminar on the first canto tuesday night wednesday night thursday night i am still doing it when i go back i'm going to give a rough first canto overview in three different uh, temples which are satellites of radha gopinath right and they say come any time of the week people can come now here those weekdays are gone yeah mostly just, mostly you yeah. cannot have somebody spending 2 hours just for that yeah. the work culture has become so acute people say that uh, what do you speak of job loyalty you know ah, that's like a joke <laughs> right yeah. yeah yeah so with this kind of dynamic i find that these other groups are showing us how to uh like how to succeed today right because when the juhu temple which had this fleet of buses and uh, they were very successful in book distribution i now i i don't have documented information but some other missions they sent their sadhus and brahmacharis to stay in juhu and watch what these people are doing mm and we had huge buses but at that time when they would go like one bus would go in a particular town and there was a restaurant that owner would say please whenever you are here you have to park in front of my establishment and i can give you bhoga you can cook you can do kirtan 20 years down the line now the city has become congested there is no parking space so someone came to us learned the craft of having sankirtan buses but didn't opt for bigger buses but for smaller ones <laughs> try to understand the rationale behind this so yeah. we need to change with changing times yes at the same time we need to keep the core essentials intact right so how to do that that's that's a big thing so when we say that things are not picking up or things are not that well it could be very well because of uh, we are not uh, evolving with the kind of things which other people are doing whom we thought at one point of time were completely flattened we just we own the market right but they bounce back hmm yeah it's uh, it's a fantastic point i think i think right now in the past you know 30 years it's been we go to sunday feast on a sunday uh and we have maybe a bhakti riksha on a friday um i think that to change that is so are you saying that we need to change the way we outreach or the way we maintain the maintenance of being the devotees that we have we need to nourish them and then the outreach being how to grow so do you think that we need to change the 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 way we maintain things or the way we grow things or both both rather see it's like 
you would be happy in a place where every week it's exciting to have new people coming in yeah new challenges and that kind of keeps you also alive mm. in in bhakti so when that element is lost and you feel like oh nothing's going to happen it's not going to change we have the same people coming for years and years <laughs> and we have the we have the same management issues and we have everything so that stagnation is dangerous yes it is and at the same time like some astute observers like satyaraj prabhu or you know many others are saying due to our book distribution the vegetarian movement got it shot in the arm because we were the only ones who were who were doing that yeah who else was preaching about vegetarianism in fact some of the old sitcom uh, I, i saw something in youtube they were making fun of just being a vegetarian right yeah and uh, the latest uh, nyu magazine which came in bhakti center that there was one column uh, article about ecologically conscious living so students are saying i pledge not to use single use plastic bottles right drink tap water and go vegetarian 3 days a week mm. so maybe being vegetarian is nothing but at least it is a big thing from their point of view mm. so similarly kirtan yoga so these are the buzzwords which were may not be so much in the 60s and 70s but now they are yeah and we don't know how long they will remain so in the sense i heard this phrase don't marry your strategies we don't marry our strategies mm. we just use them yeah i mean i'm using it in a different way <laughs> right what, yeah. what what you are married to is lord chaitanya's goal of spreading hari naam right kirtan so yes. so in this way we can use strategy or we can drop it but sometimes i feel that we did really marry the particular strategy maybe because of convenience uh, t- totally yeah and there is a this happens everywhere in outside management also inertia sets in there is a kind of resistance for trying out something new of course so who's going to take the risk who's going to take the rap if something fails yeah and if you see prabhupad he encouraged risk taking he would back up something he said okay he had a good idea okay it failed no problems with that but at least he tried so shooting for the rhino that famous saying saying prabhupad made more famous mm. so that element has to come Mm. and everybody can find out what suits them you have to cut your coat according to cloth that is a prime necessity but sure. i think that uh, i see many places this thing is coming up like we have a regular radha krishna temple but then for the locals they may not be very comfortable with the whole milieu right. so let's have a smaller center somewhere where we nurture them the way you know they would feel comfortable with right and then later we can integrate them to pay to play devil's advocate where do you cross the line in that in the sense okay uh let's let's just take indian everything indian out of it completely let's all wear pants let's all you know uh n- don't give indian prashadam just give what the regular people eat or the western people eat to attract them so does that not where where does that line where do you cross that line because it can be that uh we can we can make it as much as we want to uh cater to the 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 audience that you want to attract but then at the same time don't you lose a bit of your identity then okay so 
I have I have heard about Prabhupada disciples uh, uh, giving their memories, saying that I walked in the temple and it was Indian incense, Indian paintings, and Indian dresses, right. and the deities. That was because they were seeking something that that feeling of being enamored. Like in in the Indian streets, if we go on a Harinam, and somebody says that uh, these are the Hare Krishna, so I know them. Right. So. Very soon from, wow, look at them. It has come to, ah, I know them. Mm. So we cannot depend upon this kind of awe and reverence for long. <laughs> it, has a, it has a shelf life. Right. So I'm not advocating that you just uh, give up your dress or tilak or sikha or... Let's, I, I'm just, as I'm saying, let not, let's not get married to any strategy. Mm-hmm. Let there be a... Like if it is a, a program every week, you have something. One week could be a Indian dress, Indian food, made in such a way that it doesn't harm their appetite. Right. Like if I come from South India, Andhra Pradesh, and if I have this penchant for this spicy masala or something, I need to understand that the other guy also feels equally comfortable. Yeah. So, not thinking about just an Indian dress or a or a, or a Western dress. Understand, like there is one church, I read a book about them, so it's a huge one, and the first thing they ask is, you have any issues? And they give a list, substance abuse, recovery, communications, family split, mental issues, suicidal tendencies, depression, stress, work burnout, and it's like, hey, they practically know, you know, and they say, if you're facing any of these, just take that box and we'll tell you where to go first wow so rather than teaching me about the five gross elements and three subtle elements right they are taking care of my immediate need it's something like a band-aid first aid given for my immediate wounds of course yeah and then they teach me how to fight in the battle it may be because you know, I used the rifle wrongly and I shot myself. <laughs> right. But then should you give me a lesson in how to shoot or take care of my wound first? Mm. So since this age has shortened attention spans and so many distractions, like in the 60s where people were distributing boosts, 70s people were distributing boosts, nobody would be having earphones. People were willing to talk. Yeah. Now nobody has that time. Right. So shouldn't we also do something about that? So therefore, coming to this point, we can use the culture which is there, which is ours, and we can use other elements which can go along with that. So just enlighten me, what is this thing about crossing the line? Do you feel you fear that we could go a bit overboard and then not get them? And then lose our own connection? Is it is that the fear? Uh, yeah, I, in a sense, I feel that um, if if we're if we're catering too much to our if we're trying to make it so attractive, like you, I remember what you said the other day. You said when you give Krishna, just a lot, have faith that Krishna is all attractive. Like don't try to make it so. Like, don't try to jog your mind so much to think, how are they going to be attracted to this? You know, Krishna is all attractive himself. Just present it and he will attract them, whoever is attracted to Krishna. So my, my, my concern is that if sometimes we go too much in the direction of trying to uh, bottle the wine, so to say, in a such an amazing, fantastic way that we lose our 
we lose ourselves in the process. Mm. I'll give you a real life example. The, this January 2019, it was the first time that a total American group, having nothing to do with the process, they came on a pilgrimage. Right. And uh, four days we were in Vrindavan, and three days we were in Gauranika village. And uh, imagine the very first uh, topics were is Krishna a historical personality or what exactly is Krishna? And we were discussing this in Radha Madan Mohan temple in Vrindavan. Oh my god, <laughs> that's amazing! And then Kusum Sarovar, there is this uh, American lady, and she says that, Oh, these puppies came and they started licking my hand, and they are Krishna's puppies, right? I said, Yeah, of course, they are Krishna's puppies. <laughs> So, uh, of course, uh, she also stumped me by saying, if this is Krishna's house, this whole village is Krishna's, right? Why so much garbage? Mm. And if you are devotees, why don't you keep it clean? And I just lowered my head and said, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Bye. Anyway. <laughs> so, one key takeaway from that was, we went to Krishna Janmasthan, which is Mathura. It was cold, January cold. And uh, we had a discussion there. And uh, then we went to Taj Mahal. So because we thought if they come so close and if they don't visit Taj Mahal, people would curse them. You went to Delhi, Agra and you didn't visit Taj Mahal. So we had kept it. Then we come to Mumbai. We have the flower festival. And then three days in Gordhanika village. So there's this lady and she said, can we talk? I said, yeah, sure. She said, remember that discussion we had in the birthplace of Krishna, there is this sort of a underground temple. I said, yeah, I remember. And then you took us to that some famous king and he built that marble mausoleum for his wife who died. I said, yeah. This Krishna's birthplace was alive. Mm. The discussion was very, very nourishing. And this particular marble monument, which is a UNESCO heritage monument, it appeared dead. Mm. <laughs> So I said, whoa, <laughs> if you just do a little bit, Krishna takes care of the rest. Right. So so that's what I mean by saying you don't need to make Krishna attractive. You just need to bring them. So we, of course, didn't enforce any dietary regulations on them. We just mm. told them that, please, there is no smoking allowed here mm. as a matter of respect. And uh, one very ingenious thing devised by one of our organizers was that uh, don't trust any flesh foods in India. They're all contaminated. Right. So they said, oh, then we won't eat anything. <laughs> 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 if, you, if you tell them that uh, uh, no non allowed, and they say, why? Yeah. It's protein. It's good. Right. So rather than this, just use this easy ploy right. that uh, <laughs> food in India is very contaminated. And yeah. they said, yeah, we know that. Right. So this group now still regularly meets just because of their uh, that connection they got they they bonded with each other mm-hmm. so they didn't mind us being monks or shaven headed or wearing saffron robes right they just asked maybe once or twice why this uni- is it a uniform is this a hairstyle do they force you to shave right so these are questions which i feel my mom would ask <laughs> what to speak of someone like that right so they don't they care and they don't really care from one angle and and therefore if we have the 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 atmosphere 
Kalakanta Prabhu, who has this program in Florida, yes. he gave a Mayapur class and then he came to Chopati and he gave a similar class. And he said, what I am I'm trying to instill here and I'm what I was influenced by is Prabhupada's idea of unconditional love. Mm. He says, I received that and now I think it behooves me, I should give it back. Right. So any program which has that at its foundation, that we need to give this kind of unconditional love. Now, of course, love is an abstract thing and you need to carefully understand, manicure it a little bit, whether your dress or your speech or whatever. But I think uh, not to get caught up too much into the, whether we should wear this or we should wear that. I think we should, we should do something. And just like this is what happens in the corporate world, if, if there is some experimentation done, there is feedback, there is analysis, right? and there is some kind of a mechanism by which you can tweak. Now, of course, we use Google as a verb. Google it and you'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who started or who modified the search engine is now the boss there. Mm. And he gave an interview, maybe 2009 or 10, that we tweak our search engine an average 500 times in a year. That's more than once a day. Hmm. So when these people know, I'm just giving a very crude example, when these people know this is going to be our, that so-called golden goose, which lays golden eggs, that's the kind of importance given. Hmm. I would like to see that kind of importance given to outreach. So risks can be taken, experiments can be done, but immediately we can ass assess what has happened, tweak our results, so not get uh, carried away by, oh, this this group, they don't wear tilak or they don't wear bindis or they don't wear saris and time is of the essence people are being rushing like uh, hordes and hordes of them into the mouth of materialism yeah so we need to do something definitely that's a that's a great point yeah someone told me there's different ways of outreach there's uh there's different nets you can throw out yeah different nets di different sizes you can catch a lot of people or you can catch certain people or me you know in that way so um, you, you heard of best practices what people say so somebody has the best practices thing and then others learn from that sure so if that happens i think many temples or many devotees who are right now kind of fence sitters they have seen those who don't change they suffer they have seen those who change too much they also suffer so right. say, what do we do <laughs> yeah. there's a balance that needs yeah. to be had yeah um so so now when you know you've been the temple president for a number of years and now you're traveling as well um so what has been now your focus in your personal life in krishna consciousness and your bhakti what has been your focus like uh what kind of keeps you like what's your what's what have you been thinking about lately is is what i kind of want to know in the sense of okay you've been a temple president you built the community and now what's the next is there a next thing or is there you know you're you're just maintaining that there is something which went uh, side by side i kind of never introduced myself as a president first i said my first seva is in the bbt okay i'm a translator for Prabhupada's bbt from english to the marathi language which is the local language of maharashtra oh right so from 2002 till 2016 we were working on the Srimad bhagavatam project wow so then we published it Amazing. It's a team, right. not alone. Of course, yeah. Three core members and about seven or eight other members. Then 
one of our seniors he translated chaitanya charitamrit so which we finished last month so now it will go for publishing this wow. year maybe and then when i go back august we hope to begin uh, the translation for proper lilamrita which is the last multi volume set remaining right so this remains a constant service and it's my my joy and my love amazing session and i also have the english edition of the back to godet magazine so writing articles and editorial for that oh okay so that also is another seva wonderful so these uh, actually these are the main nourishing things <laughs> yes that, that's exactly what i wanted to and, uh, hear I, from you i also am doing something in management right so yes but your main thing yeah. is that that translation that's so nice wow um so another thing i wanted to discuss was um what do you think is i i don't like to look at negative negative things or be a negative person rather but i'd like to know what we can do to improve and sometimes you have to look at the negatives to 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 kind of glean that so iscon as a global entity and um in north america specifically we can say coming someone coming from india like yourself coming from india and seeing you know india's india's flourishing i would say iscon's flourishing what do you think we need to do to make things flourish in north america i'm sure people have asked you that maybe you can talk a little bit about that okay so we have incredible talent we have the indian community helping uh temples in north america and uh, some of our leaders call it the low lying fruit right which is very easy yes uh at the same time i just uh, these are scenarios i play myself with in my mind like let's say there is there is uh, bhakt jeremy who is 19 years old and he wants to join up yeah. and uh, what's the average temple president going to look at him and decide whether yes or no he has some emotional issues he has some troubled background is not so much educated is not so much of a forget about a breadwinner he has not worked at a proper job for maybe 2 or 3 years right why should i invest something in him he wants to study bhagavad gita and so i send send him to brindavan or mayapur for the vig or mi program mayapur institute or if he says that i need this medication it's 65 dollars a week should i spend that much every week on him is going to go away anyway mm. so though this is something which uh, since i have a little bit of a corporate background uh this is what this is the truth in the outside world and i need all of us to check out whether it's a, it's a truth in the in the iskon world also that one trainer said don't worry if untrained people leave but worry if no don't worry if trained people leave but worry if untrained people stick Mm. so you train somebody and then he decides to join some other temple or or just becomes a brahmachari becomes a grihastha mm-hmm. so that may be seen as a financial loss or whatever we need to rise beyond that thing that uh, let's say somebody joins a congregation so it's like the ashram's loss but you have to see whether it is the congregation's gain whether this person becomes a gainful positive factor 
in the communication we just can't afford to lose people out to the external energy right so so that that is something which i uh, strongly feel so what can be done uh, let, let's yeah come to uh, our example so that we have become so much bogged down by the by the financials of just running something as i said the other groups they don't have dts they don't have brahmanas no pujari nothing no expenditure no overheads we need to have that kind of a model which can help us sustain our other models because throughout history it's not like everything is becoming everything becomes financially productive right from day one right you ask bill gates you ask steve jobs they have invested money in so many things hmm. and not everything pays off in fact the marketing rule is 80% of your experiments fail <laughs> but 20% give you something back which kind of offsets the loss of the 80% exactly yeah so so we need to have that kind of a mindset people need to be understanding that not like maybe our our views are become our goals are become very short term and we don't have a medium term and long term goal and as i just say any movement or any industry or any project which doesn't have all these three goals they perish so that's what it is hmm yeah i i think that um we do need to think about a different kind of model because you know just even the deity worship i i'm a pujari in the temple and uh and i just see how much we struggle to to maintain that worship and and our temples are only used basically for a few hours on a sunday the sea the sea that that does that doesn't make sense to me like maintaining a huge property but only using it for a few hours on a sunday is 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 uh, it's unsustainable to be honest and i'm just trying to think about how we can help that situation is to either not have such a big place or make it like you said the you know they they have a they don't have any overhead they're kind of really small and or use it use it for what it needs to be used you know use it get more programs get more devotees going i think it's different here just because financially it's just a struggle it's so it's such a struggle to be to 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 maintain a temple maintain the devotees in the temple who need some money to continue their you know their own lives as you know and then inspire devotees from the outside to come to serve because you're not paying them you're just it's just a volunteer how do you how do you continue a volunteer i know workforce you can say workforce but workforce in india is much more easier we have so such a volume of devotees to help how do you keep them inspired as volunteers what we say is volunteers but you know as devotees to continue to come keep serving is it that you have to you're educating them more that okay this is devotional service you know you should come do this um or is it that you feel like uh, they feel cared for how do you how do you make devotees feel cared for like what's been your experience in that yeah this is uh, this is one big challenge and we had a massive exercise where we practically call, talk to every member of the congregation as to first of all the leaders brainstorm as to what kind of new services we can offer whether we can so everything right so we didn't have a pre marital counseling program now we have one oh 
that means even before you come together in holy matrimony here are the here are the rosy points here are the thorny points and you need to know now they are taking talking in terms of whether we should have a seminar for those who have been married for only one year how's it so far then mm. three then five <laughs> and now we have two kids so like one famous person uh, in this marital coaching said parenting is a lifelong thing he said now i have a son who has a son and he's asking me how i take care of him <laughs> <laughs> so so i don't practically take care of the grandson but i take care of my son right so he knows learns how to take care of the grandson so in a community services opportunities always exponentially multiply mm. and it it is a duty of the managers to the leaders to always take a check in kind of thing find out what is needed Hmm. so we did about 3 4 years ago then we boiled it down to four or five key areas and then these things came up so we didn't have a reception we had a outside receptionist but then on and off and now sankitan prabhu who looks after guest reception and hospitality so now he has a team of volunteers they just have 2 hours or 3 hours seva they come they do their seva and they leave so somebody who was very busy with his uh, like you are busy with your toddler son she said oh i'm totally occupied 5 hmm. years down the line situation will change 15 years totally change yeah so similarly there is somebody who has just seen his son go to graduate college and now is free hmm. so so this is how in a community you need to have someone who taps in like the latest resources freshly available <laughs> that's so amazing that's great that's such a good point yeah wow So there's someone who does that. Yeah. And many times people just say I have the time but I don't know what I can do. Right. So then you you need to train them up as to what they can do. Hmm. So that day there were six or seven old uh, people I mean I'm using old in the Indian says not in a derogatory way but yeah. 60 plus senior citizens so to say. Sure, yeah. And they had a training program on guest reception and hospitality. Wow. Just a chat kind of thing. Sure. Not to like swamp them with information. Yeah. But this is how we should take care. This is what normally these are the 12 questions people normally ask and this is what these are the good answers for that. Right. So that kind of a thing. So now the we have the bhakti on the hospital so their opportunities are coming up where people can come and just read Krishna book to those who want it. So just come in the evening stay with people. There, there is one congregation devotee he was he was not married now he's married he has a kid his grandma while on deathbed told him that promise me you will do something for old people and he said grandma i promise you and then she left and then he forgot and he was thinking why did i promise her and, and what could i do mm-hmm. one day maybe a year after his grandmother passed away he said okay just for once i'm going to go to a old age home and just spend time mm-hmm. he came back so enlivened that then he got married then both husband wife would go and talk with the the uh, inmates there then he has a daughter now she is 1 years old so he takes her also oh my god so then when he told this to radha gopinath prabhu that this is my own i am doing other things mm-hmm. we are both initiated but this is something which i like so now radha gopinath prabhu brought that issue in the all counselors meeting and said here is somebody who has this kind of thing somebody said hey let's have a old age home kind of facility mm. then one devotee said okay i have this ancestral house 
I lost my father two years ago. My mother stays with my brother. Maybe we can use this small one. Only eight or ten senior citizens can be accommodated. But at least we are thinking in terms of something very new. Right. So this is how community services can can kind of the circle keeps. You have a center, and then the circles keep on growing, and that's how we can absorb many many more services, many many more individuals, and that's what keeps people inside. People are excited. There are new challenges. Sure, it's a strain on the brain just to keep that whole thing going. Yeah, totally. But then the opposite is to is stagnation and mistrust. and being irrelevant which prabhupada said we should never be positive that's good be negative if people are angry on us that's mm-hmm. good mm. but when people say who are the hari krishnas two sentences i don't know i don't care <laughs> that's yeah. bad that's bad that's really bad wow um how do you think we can stay relevant we need to have like if the seven purposes of iskon they mainly say that we need to be a educational institution you can see teaching training education in all all of them oh okay so what is it that the outside society is suffering from and we need to have some kind of remedy for that sure we say the bhagavatam is the answer to all questions so shilaprabhupad ki <laughs> but hey but what is the answer to this particular thing which is plaguing society now yeah are we utilizing our best of minds to search out that right so that's will keep that's what will keep us relevant definitely that's a, that's a great point um if you were if someone came to you and said you know i don't feel inspired in my spiritual life and you know uh, i i don't feel i don't connected with uh, you know com- community of devotees or i don't feel um i uh, i don't feel like uh it krishna consciousness has that juice for me that it did in the beginning for someone who like you yourself who's down the path a little bit farther than the rest of us uh and who stayed inspired you know uh, you know you've been brahmachari for this many years and you've been inspired you've been you know i'm sure you've been through your own struggles but you've stayed stuck with it uh, what advice would you give that person there is no one size fits all kind of solution for this but the first thing is to hear the person out give them time now that again is a big drain on somebody's resources but if i am serious about helping bhakta a with his issues that i was once chanting 16 two years ago but now blah 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 i'm i'm lost it because of this person did something to me he was angry on me and i saw him doing something wrong so the first thing is to listen him out him or her out completely drain that glass <laughs> right and only then so now we have uh, iskon resolve they teach you meditation uh, mediation sorry yeah med- mediation and then the one of the thing is to listen empathically mm. listen so we say facebook somebody has 357 friends or 684 friends why is it that research studies found out find out that these people are ghastly lonely <laughs> right with with so much of connectivity how can you be so disconnected right so we say that maya means what it is not so i find this apt definition of <laughs> what the bahiranga shakti the excellent potency does mm. you have friends 
but you don't have friends <laughs> right so so what is not is you are still you are lonely and all you need is someone to listen to you out completely and then we can sort out like this is what i do somebody says these are the issues which i have so listen to that person i said now you prioritize them which one would you keep it as a top priority your choice and we'll tackle that right somebody came burnt out from a project and he said that uh, you know it's unfair the leaders didn't deal with me properly so i said okay okay this is the this is your misery i call it a misery cake what's your share <laughs> so he said 40% i said okay so 60% is their share right mm. those who did wrong to you what control do you have over them none what i have over them none what control do you we now i am on your side so what control we have both over this problem this 40% so i said i promise you every time we meet we will only discuss this 40% so he said yeah but then that doesn't solve the problem i said wait if we resolve this successfully at least i have brought down your problem by 40% <laughs> right so so then they realized that this 60% was never their problem anyway right this 40% is what they have that control and once that is all is it ah it's okay now mm. so it seems like uh, i'm not saying this is a as, as i said a one size fits all kind of thing i'm i'm no healer or something like that mm. but there are these kind of things people say i went to prabhupad with a big list of problems and just came back it is like a butterfly oh it was so nice I said I'm worried if iskon grows only in the presence of the founder acharya right who just gives you a cookie and all your problems go away and there is no hope <laughs> for the next 10000 years yeah yeah so we we do not have the charisma or the magic of prabhupad but we do have his wisdom don't we hmm so let us use that for sure wow like is running out of steam is uh, slowing down on enthusiasm is feeling attracted too much attracted to previous habits is that a one in a billion problem is that something which happens to only insincere people vishnu chakti pars madhuri kanmini says it's normal yeah so one of the first things which people say they are comfortable with is oh is this normal <laughs> am i am i not a irregularity not a anomaly no I went through that really you you also <laughs> I said of course <laughs> it's a struggle every day sometimes you just don't feel like getting up you just don't feel like chanting right so one thing which uh, always uh, has inspired me is one sanyasi came to prabhupad and said a uh, little bit downcast little bit morose my wife came to my dream yesterday and he didn't elaborate any more mm-hmm. now what could prabhupad would have said shame on you you're a sanyasi now i gave you sanyasan none of that he said my wife comes in my dream oh my gosh really wow <laughs> <laughs> he immediately brought him down to this devotee's level yeah and said it's a mind the mind can conjure up a million things yeah just pick yourself up and get going hmm amazing Wow, thank you for I appreciate that. Um so I think we come to our end here. Um 
is there anything else, any other closing statements you'd like to make in the sense of anything you'd like to, uh, maybe words of inspiration or something you'd like to share with the rest of our viewers and listeners uh, before we end? Well, in closing, I hope that uh, this coming to America has been a great experience. I, I, I have loved everything even the challenges and uh, whatever I've seen here. I just pray the Lotus Feet of all viewers and all the Vaishnavas here that let that sense of gratitude in me remain intact so that I come again and again and hope to be of some service to the American Yatra here. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. So I, I just like to say thank honor. I'm so honored that you came and you came to do this. And uh, I'd like to have you on again, if possible, in the future. Uh, we we can maybe we can have uh, Chaitanya Chandra Prabhu also come. We'll have, have a three. I have more mics. We can do okay. a, we do a big discussion. But um, I really admire you and I really appreciate you and I thank you for for coming. If uh, usually at the end, um, I ask my guests if they can uh, give some kind of contact details in case someone wa- is inspired by you wants to contact you. So you have an email address you'd like to share or, or anything like that? I have a I have a temporary US number, but I don't have it now. Okay. Um, I can be contacted at Bhakti Center. Okay. Yeah, at the Bhakti Center, sure. Yeah, yeah okay, we'll do that. So, yeah. so if anyone who's listening would like to contact Shamananda Prabhu, you can contact the Bhakti Center. Anyone there, they can direct you to, to him and to his contact details. And um, so this is episode 19. And... Um, you know, I, I'm really, uh, you know, you have so much wisdom to share with us, and I really appreciated you coming, Prabhu. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. I, I also wanted to say, you have a, I'm listening to your voice on this, and you have a great voice, a very good narrator voice, like uh, very um, deep. And uh, if you ever think of, um, if you ever do like a, a documentary or something, you should be the narrator. You have a very nice voice. I would like to be, I would like to be your student for. Uh, <laughs> You can, if you can teach me how to do podcasts, that would be nice. Uh, I'd love to. I'd love to teach you. You have a great voice. I, I, you should have your own podcast. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Thank you. I'm Hare just going to shut it down. Okay.